previewing every game of the English Premier League. Please gamble responsibly. This is the Clubhouse Premier League betting preview with Sportsbet.io. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It is another Sportsbet.io Clubhouse Radio betting preview looking ahead to Saturday and Sunday in the Premier League. I am James Butler in for Dave Eason, who's still away gallivanting in the China Winter Olympics. And I am joined today by Neil Meller, former Liverpool striker and Dave Tyndall, betting guru and journalist and broadcaster and everything great about life. Dave and Neil, hello. James, hello. Hello, hello, hello. I hope you two are well. Um, well, let's have a look at it. Let's get straight into this, shall we? Get straight into Saturday. The early kickoff on Saturday, 12.30 in the UK, sees Manchester United taking on Southampton. We've got Manchester United available at 1.62 to win, 4.25 the tie, and 5.33 for Southampton. Over 2.5 available at 1.68. Neil Miller, Manchester United, favourites to win this one. Do you see it going that way? Yeah, I think they are favourites. Um, I know they had a poor result last time out, didn't they, against Burnley? They would have seen that as two points dropped, having been in front and had a couple of goals disallowed. So I think they'll be looking to respond from that one. But United at Old Trafford have won four of the last five games at home. And despite Southampton having a brilliant result, and I thought that's what it was, away at Spurs, that performance, I still put Man United down as favourites for this one. Southampton, though, Dave, having a good season by their standards, aren't they? Yeah, and I was working on um, Wednesday night and watched most of that game against Spurs and they were fantastic. The first half performance was particularly impressive and then in the end, they totally deserved their win. They had numerous chances and they're now you know, starting to do things against the better teams. They went to Man City and, and got a, a nil-nil early in the season and got a 1-1 result as well recently. So they've gone away to Spurs. So, so Southampton aren't afraid anymore of these big teams. So you just wonder whether they can string back-to-back performances away to big teams. That, that's the slight problem I've got. I think if Southampton had had a bigger break, maybe, but it's quite intense to have to do to reproduce that performance again. Part of me thinks they can get something. Part of me thinks maybe this is just a step too far. Southampton is starting to believe, effectively, that they can battle with some of the big boys. That's quite a big thing in sport, isn't it? If you go onto the pitch and you actually think you belong there and you think you've got a chance, that makes yeah, you, you're already a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think Southampton have shown us that this season. Again, the other night against Spurs. I thought the performance at Man City earlier on this season was a really, really good performance. They got a nil-nil draw, but they played well in that game. So we know they're capable, but the big thing for Southampton is that consistency. They can they can put a great display in against Spurs, but, but I'm not sure, I'm not convinced they'll back it up by going to Old Trafford. United are vulnerable because they're not the side, the invincibility that they certainly were. I've just said they've won four of the last five at home. But you still fancy you can go there and get something. And Southampton will, but I just don't believe they'll back up that performance that they had against Spurs. Dave, with Manchester United, I would imagine if I was a Manchester United fan, which I'm not, but if I was, I'd be just a little bit concerned, a little bit worried. It's not quite Manchester United of old, is it at all? Ralph Ranick's gone in there. Is there any signs you think that they're turning a corner and getting any better? Not really. You don't really trust them from one game to the next. Their sort of overall results since he got there are okay on paper, but it's fairly drab stuff that they're producing. And you can look at it in the stats. I know it's in the first two Premier League home games this season, they beat your mob Leeds 5-1 and then Newcastle 4-1. That's nine goals in the first two games. They've only scored nine more times in all the rest of their home games. And if you look at the averages, they're just the average goals per game count has gone way down under Ranić. Then again, so has the average goals conceded um, goal per game. So 
so United are starting to become a kind of like one-one sort of team or two-one. That there's there's not much margin for error. So I think if they do win, they might just about fall over the line. I'll tell you one thing though. I do think they'll do better than last season when they lost this fixture nine-nil. It's a low bar, isn't it? That is a yeah, very low yeah. bar. I, I love doing this sim preview with you two when I jump in for Dave because you always remind me of Leeds's massive defeats, 5-1 and 7-0. Always comes up whenever I talk to you two. Neil, what, what would you say if you if I gave you that mythical Bitcoin and you were to invest it in this match, would it be all pro Manchester United? How would you see this game? Yeah, I think United narrow victory. Um, I've got it down as 12 without a clean sheet for Southampton. So they've really struggled in that area. You'd fancy United to score a goal. Even Ronaldo, he's had a little bit of criticism, came off the bench the other night. He was on the bench, wasn't he? So he'll start this game. You know, I think he'll be looking to get himself on the score sheet. But the way Southampton play, you, you wouldn't back against them scoring a goal as well. So both teams to score. And Ronaldo perhaps being a goal scorer, United to nick it. So a 2-1 is a scoreline that I uh, I like for this one. Both teams to score in this game available, yes, at 1.73. So um, the wrong side of W money, but I think that's still a very good price because Southampton do have a goal in them. Dave, what about you? How would you view the, the prices here? Yeah, very, very similar. I was about to say 2-1 Man United as the as my prediction. So I'm backing up Neil completely there. You can you could play that as well as Man United win and both teams to score. You know, you you then get in 3-1 on your side as well, and other such results. And Southampton games that apart from maybe against Man City, that they they do tend to be fairly goal-laid in that game against Spurs. It's As we said, can they replicate that? But yeah, I think I think that Southampton will again show that they're a good team, but I think Man United will just about grind out the win. 8.2 for uh, 2-1 for Manchester United, a home victory there. Cristiano Ronaldo, if you fancy him, 2.05 any time. Plenty of other potential scorers in the game. Edison Cavani's there at 2.42. Marcus Rashford, 2.5. Bruno Fernandes are uh, the leading players in the uh, bookies eyes. He's uh, 2.75, Bruno. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, Neil, have you seen his return to the Premier League? Came from Italy where he was scoring goals for fun. Hasn't necessarily found it quite as easy in the Premier League, but I guess it's faster pace, isn't it? Mm, yeah, <clears throat> it's um, he's not quite as as ruthless, as as good as he's certainly shown in his, in his previous seasons, of course, in Italy and, and Spain as well with Real Madrid. He's still that... Talent. I think a lot of people are saying, you know, Champions League is certainly when he has turned up a little bit more maybe than the Premier League games. You can see at the weekend, the manager's just um, managing his minutes a little bit. And when that is the case, and a player like Ronaldo getting a bit of stick, there'll be a reaction. Uh, and, and and that's the thing you fear for Southampton, that he wouldn't have liked some of the criticism coming his way. Uh, and I think he's going to um, say, listen, uh, I'm still capable. And that's why I fancy him to score a goal. Dave Tindall, big game this for Manchester United, isn't it? If you look at the table, they're currently in sixth position, 39 points, but Arsenal 39 points, West Ham 40 points in fourth. Manchester United are a team that expect to be at least in the top four, and even fourth is a disappointment for them. They need to start picking up the wins, don't they? Yeah, it's it's a bit strange, isn't it, that battle for fourth? It's almost like who's the least worst team because they keep falling over each other's feet. You think the top two are the top two. Chelsea will probably be... Uh, be third that's that's you can be fairly confident of that but the rest of them it's like who's got that run of games that, that you can rely on Arsenal have had a bad run but they beat Wolves West Ham are starting to run into problems Tottenham lose at home to Southampton Man United aren't particularly convincing it's there for somebody to put a run of games together but as it, as we stand right now we're not quite sure who that team is and at the moment Man United aren't completely convincing us that it's them 
think the simple just both teams to score. No, Bella? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Ronaldo one. I think we're going to see a, a goal of some sort from him. So both teams to score, Cristiano Ronaldo to get himself on the score sheet and perhaps a 2-1 home victory for Manchester United in the early game on Saturday. Moving into Saturday afternoon, 3 3 p.m. kickoffs in the Premier League. We'll start with Brentford against Crystal Palace at the uh, Brentford Community Stadium. Brentford available at 2.66 to win this one. Three, the tie, and 2.85 for Crystal Palace. If you fancy goals, over 2.5 is 2.33. Dave Tyndall, Brentford Palace. I mean, the way the compilers have got the goals in this one, 2.33 is quite a big price for over 2.5. They see this one as being a, a fairly low-scoring affair. Would you concur? I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, Brentford have gone 11 games without keeping a clean sheet. It's only Southampton with 12 who are worse than that. So Brentford can't um, keep the goals out at the minute. They they did pretty well against Manchester City, only losing 2-0. But that, that was you know that was a particular performance for that game where they just had to throw everyone uh, behind the ball. So they, they did okay then. Um, Palace... Obviously, they only drew 1-1 with Norwich in midweek, but Will Sahar probably took one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. It was dreadful. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> so Palace could easily have you know, won that 2-1. So, yeah, sometimes you, you've got to go with the prices. I, mean, you know, I think that should be more of a, a 50-50 split, the way that, that market falls. I think 2.5 is over 2.5 is just as likely as under 2.5 because Brentford can't particularly defend and Palace do have goals in them. So over 2.5 in that game. 2.33 looks a decent price, Neil. And um, Brentford currently in 14th. And we talked about them last week. You know, their potential to maybe slip down the table and be in trouble. They've lost their last five in the Premier League. They're only a place behind Crystal Palace. Um, Palace in 13th, Brentford in 14th. But two points behind them as well. But that doesn't really tell the tale of their current form, does it? No, no. We, we, we called it last week, didn't we? We said that they're in, they're in trouble. They're sliding down towards the wrong end and getting involved in that relegation battle. Ivan Tony, the whole story of that was a negative one. He wasn't involved again the other night against Manchester City for whatever reason that was. No one expected them to get anything from City. And maybe you're looking at 2-0 and thinking, hmm, could have been worse. But it's another defeat. And all of a sudden you're thinking, when are Brentford going to end this really, really poor run of form that they're on? Palace would feel disappointed they didn't get the three points. You know, missing that penalty, Zahars. It's one of those, as Dave mentioned, one of those, has he really just done that penalty? Um, but but Palace Palace are a better side than Brentford um, and I think they'll go into the game it, it, with more confidence more options as well you know you look at the players that Palace have available for this game away from home they haven't been great Palace only one away win only one clean sheet that was at City which was a big surprise so I'm looking at this one thinking fancy in Palace fancy in Palace to, uh, to to get the victory and uh, and put more misery to Brentford Ivan Tony, you mentioned him then Neil 3.2 any time he's the shortest price of any of the players to score a goal in this game. It can go one of two ways, can't it, with, with even Tony, after what he did, and obviously yeah. it was horrific for the club, really. But he either disappears and everything goes horribly wrong, or he bounces back and shows people what he can do. Yeah, we haven't seen that yet. Um, if I'm looking at a goal scorer, I'd be looking at the Palace players, I must be honest. You know, Brentford at the moment, um, not scoring the goals they were earlier on in the season. And when I'm looking at a goal scorer like... For, for Palace I'm looking at Mateta I think he's, he's a player who's done really well for Palace in the attack and maybe not got the goals his, his performances have deserved but he would be one player I'd like yeah for Tony I think he will get a couple more goals before the end of the season not many but 
something's really not right there for him and for Brentford. It's an unsettled situation, which is not ideal for player, for club, for fans. Jean-Philippe Mateta, 3.8 any time to score in this game. Dave, where are you going to go then with your best bet for this uh, match between Brentford and Palace? Yeah, uh, in terms of the goal scorers, uh, criticised the half for his penalty, but he scored a blooming good goal um, to to bring Palace level. So let, let's be fair to him there. I really like Elise as well. I think he's been an excellent uh, discovery for them. And he, he looks as though he's settled right in and looks uh, to have a bit of class. I think the over 2.5 goals, Palace can't keep away clean sheets. Brentford can't keep any clean sheets. So that's, you almost got to 1-1 by default there and just another goal. I just think Palace have got plenty going forward and they will outscore Brentford. So yeah, you could you could you could go both teams to score or you could go Palace to win and both teams to score. It's 1.96, which again is a decent enough price, isn't it, for that market. Um Neil, what about you for uh, your best bet in this one? Um fancy Palace to win this one. That would be the one I would um be most confident with and if I was looking for the goal scorer just Mateta because I, I do like the look of him and the influence he's having for Palace Crystal Palace to win then in that one 2.85 for them to win Palace in that little battle in the middle of the table for who can be the best of the middle bunch in the Premier League and win there could see them go as high as 10th in the table on Saturday afternoon Moving on then, another 3pm kickoff. Everton taking on my team leads at Goodison Park. We've got Everton in the market to win this game at 2.37. The tight is 3.5. 2.9 for the Leeds victory. They're over 2.5 goals in the match. is 1.64. Neil Miller, you and Dave both told me in the last recording that Leeds were not going to get anything against Aston Villa. They fought back valiantly and mm. got themselves a three-all draw. That's going to give them a lot of confidence, isn't it? Fingers crossed from my perspective. James, we also said that Leeds will go there, they'll have a go, both teams will score and it'll be an entertaining game. And it didn't disappoint, but that's Leeds, isn't it? You know, from a neutral point of view, you're not, of course, with Leeds hat on. Um, They're a good side to watch. Um, And Everton, with the change that's gone on there with a new manager, they're still hoping that things can improve. They had a decent result in the FA Cup against Brentford at home. The fans would have enjoyed that. Back to reality with a defeat against Newcastle, a good defeat, a comfortable defeat, a deserved defeat, I think it's fair to say. So the fans will be a little bit nervous nervous for this one they'll be thinking well we're better than Leeds but we're below Leeds in the league table um, and it's a game they cannot afford to lose they can't, they've can't. they got to end this, um, this poor run because they are very much in a relegation battle Everton Dave obviously talk about Leeds quite a lot myself um, as a Leeds fan but I was on the clubhouse radio last night with Al Ross and he was telling me Leeds are certain to go down but Leeds if they win this game they could actually go well level on points with Leicester City who are currently in 12th they finished 9th last season which way are Leeds going to go this season Dave are they going up and finishing respectable mid-table or are they in a relegation fight I think he was pulling your leg there surely wasn't he Leeds aren't going to go down that's that's not going to happen you know what I was like yeah um, well Sort of neither of those options. I think they'll finish about fourteenth or fifteenth. So I don't think I don't think they'll pull up to top top half or eleventh like maybe they did last season. I think they will settle in around sort of two thirds down the table. Um, but they they do enough, don't they? They, they? They've got a lot of heart. They've got some talented players. They've got a, a fantastic manager. There are enough easily enough teams worse than them. And maybe one of those teams are Everton. With, as Neil says, we're yet to know. The, the atmosphere was great for their FA Cup win. Almost, you know, anyone, Mickey Mouse could have taken charge and it was just the, the fact that it wasn't Rafa. There's some early positivity for Frank Lampard. That was obviously 
just eaten into a little bit with that defeat at Newcastle. So I think the alarm bells would certainly ring if they lost this game because they just haven't got enough points in the board. Maybe while Brentford, you think they've got a certain amount and they can afford to to lose a few levels and we've got to start winning straight away. I mean, Frank Lampard isn't Mickey Mouse, but how long has Frank Lampard got at Everton? I mean, Rafa didn't have very long at all, did he, with his Liverpool connections? Frank Lampard goes in there with a little bit more grace, but he hasn't got, hasn't got all the time in the world, has he, to get things going? This is the sort of game, because it's against a team that are, are sort of down there, that, that Everton fans will now think we've got to start winning games like this. So I'd, I'd be concerned if they, if they lost that game. Obviously, the rumblings won't be too bad, but there would certainly be plenty of mutters that... Yeah, maybe it's not the, the manager. Maybe these players just aren't good enough. Everton currently 19 points. They're only two places, two points above Norwich City and two places above Norwich City. Yeah, they're involved in it. Fans will point to the games in hand that they have. Um, but but if Leeds were to score the opening goal, the mood, the atmosphere would change massively inside Goodison. It would be a case of we're not happy with what we're seeing. We know we're in trouble. Um, and and um, the reality will, will start to hit home to uh, a few fans. I, I like Lampard. I think he, he does deserve time to turn things around, but he's not going to get given that because they are in a relegation battle. If they, if they win this game, things will look a lot rosier. The mood will be a lot better, better of course. But you just think, can Everton win this game? <laughs> and that's where Everton are at. Can they beat Leeds? I don't think they will. I think Calvert-Lewin will start the game. He was he was managed and kept as an unused sub against Newcastle with Frank Lampard knowing that he would use him more for this game at home. So I think that's something that Leeds need to keep their eye on. Um, but I don't think Everton can stop Leeds scoring this weekend. Have you been in your, in your travels, Neil? Have you been involved in a relegation dogfight? No, thankfully not. But uh, I know a lot of players that have and uh, and they speak about needing that strong dressing room, working hard, doing the ugly things. And sometimes you need that little bit of luck to go your way. Now, Everton haven't been in a dogfight and aren't yet, but but they're, they're involved. They're not in a position where they've been in the bottom three is what I'm trying to say. But if this run continues, they are going to find themselves in the bottom three. This is a game Everton cannot lose because if they do, I really do start to fear for them. I don't think they will lose the game. I think um, I think it'll be a score draw and um, and that will be OK for Everton. The Toffees fans are important, Dave, aren't they? As Neil says, if they go a goal down and it all goes quiet and all of that mood disappears, you know, the 12th man, the proverbial 12th man makes a big difference for a team that, uh, that's struggling a little bit. Yeah, and because Lampard's new he's got some grace because if the if Rafa was still in charge and they went a goal behind the the atmosphere would start to be poisonous I think if they go goal behind now with Lampard I think I just think it'll go quiet I think Everton fans will they don't want to start being so reactionary that they start booing but if they, it'll just turn quiet and that's not going to help the team but I do think you've got to bear in mind it's a second back-to-back away game for Leeds and it, yeah, it probably took a bit out of them having to fight back from 3-1 to get a point at Villa. So that slightly diminishes maybe Leeds' potency. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly torn between a draw and Everton just nicking it, but maybe the safest thing is just to, to back goals. I think there might be a few goals here. Lampard teams do tend to be involved in goals at both ends. We've seen so far two games in charge, a 4-1 and a 3-1, the 3-1 being a loss. So I would go over 2.5 goals. 2.5 goals is 1.64 over 3.5 is 2.54. So they're Dave's best bets. Neil, we've spoken a lot about Leeds and we goals at both ends. As, as Dave says, Everton have got that 
propensity as well. So goals and both teams to score does seem to be a, an option with this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one that I'm favouring to, towards as well. I just don't see Leeds winning this game, I must admit. You know, I agree with Dave about the effort levels put in against Aston Villa and they'll need to match that again against Everton. Everton will react. Frank Lampard will make sure there's a reaction from that defeat against Newcastle. Like I say, I think Calvert-Lewin will be a big boost for them to come back into the starting lineup. They picked a couple more injuries up with Mina and Gray as well, so I don't think they'll be involved. I, I can see it being a score draw, um, both teams to score. Both teams to score. It's quite short, but I think it is very likely at 1.54. Everton taking on Leeds, 3pm Saturday afternoon. The final game, three o'clock kickoff Saturday afternoon, Watford taking on Brighton and you can get Watford to win that game at 3.5, 3.2 the tie and 2.22 for a Brighton victory. Dave Tindall, how do you see this one? Um, it's Brighton, isn't it? So it'll be 1-1. One, one. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> full, full analysis there. Yeah, Roy Hodgson's obviously come into to Watford and, and has got made his predictable start of tightening things up, got a clean sheet. And Brighton just don't lose away games, do they? So I think you, the question you've got to ask in this one is, have Brighton got enough? Is this a golden chance to to get a rare away win on the board? Because, you know, they've got to, if they do start winning away, it's games like this where they've got to do it, surely. Brighton are fine, they're a good team. They, they lose very few away games. I can't see them losing this. As I say, it's just whether they've got enough in the tank to to lift it above maybe that 1-1 one, one scoreline. Dave Tindall's 1-1 one, one scoreline, that's available for you at sixes. How do you fancy it, uh, Neil Miller? I think this is the last game I'm going to be watching at the weekend. It's going to be one of those. Um, Watford under Roy Hodgson, as we know, you would be betting under 2.5 goals most games, and this would be a definite one. Brighton didn't have a midweek game, uh, one of the very few Premier League teams that didn't of course so they'll be a little bit fresher for this game Watford were beaten narrowly by West Ham 1-0 but deservedly beaten by uh, West Ham but they're in the game and, and maybe that's something different under Roy Hodgson Watford have been out of a lot of games uh, recently so I think they'll be in this game I don't think it'll be a classic um, I don't think Brighton will win the game we know about how often they draw games so I can see this one being um, a dull 0-0 draw under 2.5 is one that I'd certainly favour but I wouldn't mind having a little bit on 0-0 under 2.5 goals in this game, 1.58. Um, but Dave Watford can't afford to have these drab draws, can they? They're, they're in a big pickle. The 15 points on the table, 19th position. Um, Brighton are a very good side, don't get me wrong. But Watford at home would see this as a chance to get three points and get themselves somewhere closer to safety, at least. Yeah, it's uh, obviously they need to start picking up wins, but Brighton are just a tough nut to crack and... Yeah, this isn't against one of the top four or the top six, but Brighton's away form is is good enough to be that of a top six side. So this, although on paper you think, oh, this is if we're going to start winning, we've got to maybe pick up wins against Brighton. I can't see it myself. I think Watford are in, are in trouble, big, big, big trouble with Newcastle starting to pull away. Um, I just don't think they've got the goals in them, and the way Roy sets up. I don't see where they're going to create all the chances from. It's just a, a difficult game. So um, I do think there'll be goals. I'm a little bit more optimistic than Neil about how exciting this will be. I think that we might have a goal at, at both ends, but I would certainly look towards... I'd, I'd, I could, I'd, I'd kick myself if this ends 1-1 and I hadn't backed it, put it that way. 1-1 at six is Dave Tindall's cry there. Quite confident on that, he seems as well. What for 3.5? Not really either of the uh, two pundits today's choice in this one. 
um, Brighton 2.22 to pick up that victory. No point in staying too long on that game. Both of you think it's going to be a bit boring. Both of you think it's going to be a bit drab. The final game of the uh, day in terms of uh, the Premier League. 5.30 kickoff in the UK sees uh, struggling Norwich City taking on flying Manchester City. And this is, uh, well, on, on paper at least, chalk and cheese, isn't it? And in terms of the prices, the compilers very much agree. 14 for Norwich to win this one, 7.5 for the tie. As skinny as 1.18 for a Manchester City victory. Over 3.5 goals in this game is 2.08. Can Norwich get anything out of that match, Neil Miller? I'm going to find it really hard to put a case forward for Norwich. What I would say is that they've had a few decent results. What are they unbeaten in three? They've they've won two of those games, but we know that the two wins were against sides really struggling who lost the managers. Um, back in August, he got battered 5-0 by Man City. And when you're looking at this fixture, you're thinking... Four or five straight away, aren't you? Um, City only put two past Brentford. Are they saving a few more for this weekend? Um, I, I do fear for Norwich. And, and, and I think Norwich will be realistic. If they can get anything from this game, then it would be a bonus. This is uh, a free hit, but also one where they don't want to get badly beat up like they did in August 5-0. They want to keep the score down so that the confidence isn't then too much. You look at Man City, Neil, sometimes they grind out results and find it a little bit tougher. Sometimes they just sweep everything aside. And as you say, banging four or five. Look at Man City goals markets in this game. Over 2.5 Man City goals is 1.7. So that's quite short, isn't it? Over 3.5 is 2.71. Over 4.5 is five. If you fancy them to go really go to town, over 5.5 is eight. Whereabouts in the light, in the sand, where would you draw your line with the uh, Man City goals market? Three. I think three is a good one with City. Um, only because they've got a big Champions League game coming up on Tuesday. They're away at Sporting, which we expect them to win. But we know what a big priority the Champions League will be for Man City. So, so I just wonder whether Pep because of that midweek game they had against Brentford may just go De Bruyne you might have a little breather for this one and he may be tempted to make a few changes that um, of the key men like like him maybe like a Foden Grealish and Gundogan were on the bench I think they will start the game so I'd be looking at, at maybe them getting involved with the goal scoring market but I think some of the key players will be uh, will be given a breather for that sporting game midweek Champions League next week So Tindall same question to you is this going to be Manchester City going to town and if so by how many? No, I've got a slightly different opinion on this one. I think City aren't scoring freely at the minute. They've only scored seven goals in their last five Premier League games. I think they've just dried up a little bit for them. And you've got to remember the 5-0 against Norwich, that was against Daniel Farkas. Norwich, who were hopeless, it's a completely different story under Dean Smith. If you add in the FA Cup, Norwich have won four, drawn one and lost just one of their last six. So he's certainly getting a tune out of them, Dean Smith. And I think City will be happy to, to go there and just tick this game off and maybe try and win it 2-0 or something like that. I don't think they're going to be busting their gut with Europe coming up. And I think Norwich are good enough to, to keep them in check a little bit. So I, I, I was looking at the goals market in this game. I think under 3.5 goals is playable. I, I think the goal markets are too high. It's, there's just this kind of lazy presumption oh it's Man City they always score three they, they don't they're not scoring those goals at, at the moment so I, I I would certainly go over under sorry under 3.5 that's landed in Norwich's last seven games um, and it's landed in Manchester City's last five Premier League games so I just think the goal market lines are too high under 3.5 match goals 1.75 
in that game. And, I mean, Dave as well. I mean, obviously, you two have got Liverpool connections, support Liverpool. Um, Man City have been almost crowned by the football press as being champions in waiting. But Liverpool, if they win their game in hand, they'll be six points behind. They've still got Man City to play on that final game of the season. It's up to Liverpool to kind of keep on their coattails and keep the pressure on, isn't it? Yeah, Liverpool are doing exactly that with the, an impressive win over Leicester last night. Liverpool aren't going away. There's so many other teams in, in the Premier League that, that lurch from a good performance to a, an iffy one and then they lose. Liverpool aren't, aren't just throwing in the towel on this. So Manchester City, it'd be fascinating. Say Manchester City lost this game like, like they did a couple of seasons ago. Then suddenly, yeah, you can add up the points and you think, <laughs> you know, this is a much tighter race than we think. So... Yeah, I, I, obviously I, I'm talking through Liverpool eyes there, but I don't, I don't think you can just hand Manchester City the title. Man City, you'd expect them to pick up three points against Norwich. Um, you think it's going to be that cut and dry, but it's, it's a strange situation for Man City, isn't it? The, the table's a little bit skewed because of COVID and every team's played different amounts of games, Neil. And like I say, if you do condense it and you do give Liverpool their game in hand, it's not necessarily as clear-cut as people think. I don't think you want to give Liverpool that game in hand, do you? Because it's against your Leeds United and it's a few days before the cup final, which the timing of that game is not ideal. People keep saying, oh, Liverpool will win the game and it's not ideal. Um, the timing that that's been arranged for, and as we know, Leeds can cause teams problems. Liverpool, all they can keep doing is, is winning um, and trying to put the pressure on City. So when that game does eventually come around, they're in touching distance to try and put a little bit of pressure on City. At the moment, the gap's massive. City do have a few tough games, potential tough games. Spurs, Manchester United coming around. This this one isn't. I, I, I know what Dave's saying about Norwich, but nowhere near Man City. City can make five, six changes and still go there and win two, three nil for me. So I'm looking at over 2.5 goals. Um, Norwich won't get a goal in this one for me and, and, and away win. Over. 2.5 goals, 1.42, skinny, but probably likely to land. Uh, Man City very, very skinny at 1.18, but all pro Manchester City bets there for Neil Mellor. And uh, Man City carrying on their seemingly inevitable progress to the title, or are they? We'll find out as this season progresses. You're listening to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io. Know your limits. Please gamble responsibly. Sunday afternoon, two o'clock kickoff. Burnley against Liverpool at Turf Moor. Struggling Burnley taking on high-flying Liverpool. This looks to me, Neil Mellor, as to be a fairly one of the easier matches of the weekend to call. Liverpool in, in fantastic form. They've got Mane. Uh, well, he's not actually reappeared just yet, but he's back in the uh, Liverpool squad. Mo Salah came on um, on Thursday evening against Leicester. Towards the end, 1.32, a Liverpool victory. One-way traffic. If Burnley play like they did in the first half against United, Liverpool will win the game comfortably. If they perform like they did second half, Liverpool are in for a really, really tough game. Um, if you look at Burnley's home record this season, whilst they've only won one game, they have made it tough for every single opponent. They've lost two, but that was only by one goal. Um, so, so it's a tough place. They will make it tough. They want to stay in the game. Uh, I expect Liverpool to score the first goal. I'm thinking it's going to be one of those games it's 1-0 for a long time and Liverpool are thinking we need that second goal because we know the threats Burnley potentially have from set pieces or nicking that goal Um, yes I think Liverpool will win the game but Burnley will make it very very tough Um, if Liverpool can get that second goal early enough then then I think it could be a comfortable win but we know what Burnley are like they will make it Liverpool really work hard for the, for the win One of those strange markets that actually you look at uh, the first goal market 1.28 for Liverpool to score the first goal but the 1.32 
to win the match. The tie is 5.5, 9.5 for a Burnley home victory, Dave Tindall. Would you, would you take Liverpool at 1.28 to score the first goal or just trust them at 1.32 to win the game? Or is there something more um, adventurous that you've got up your sleeve for us? Yeah, I don't particularly like those sort of short prices. You know, could be a, a corner that goes in or something, some straight. So I wouldn't back, back Liverpool uh, to score the first goal at such a price. I think the good thing with Liverpool, they've got all the players back, haven't they? They've got everyone coming back from various things, whether it's AFCON, whether it's coming out of isolation, whether it's just from um, picking up knocks. And you saw last night, I thought Diaz was <clears throat> uh, superb when he when he started for Liverpool. He came, played that little cameo against Cardiff and then against Leicester. Just looks like a fully formed Liverpool player. So it wasn't so long back, was it, where everyone was thinking, how on earth do you ever replace that front three of that Liverpool had now it's almost you've you're creating a new front three and I just think they've got so many options um so I think you can I know what you're saying about Burnley is a tough place to go to but it hasn't really been that tough for Liverpool down the years they did lose an early game there in the clock but they've won this fixture maybe two and three nil in, in past times so I think you can go to the handicaps and maybe back Liverpool to win by more than a goal Maybe even more than two goals. Liverpool, I thought, played um, well last night as we record against Leicester City. And Diaz, who Dave just mentioned there, Neil, got a standing ovation as he got substituted towards the end of that match. He looks like a decent uh, decent prospect. Oh, yeah. Really like the look of him. He's settled in very well. I think Jürgen mentioned it. He looks like a Liverpool player. Um, he started out on that left-hand side. He drifted into the middle. He drifted out onto that right-hand side. He was willing to run in behind. He was involved and created a number of chances, plenty of shots. He's got a bit of bite about him that South American bite as well happy to mix it I'm happy to go in for them 50-50 tackles which the crowd really enjoyed on a few occasions he probably left the pitch quite late on at Anfield thinking I've not scored I've enjoyed this experience but probably should have scored but for Smichael making a few decent saves um, I thought his link up play with Andy Robertson was outstanding on the left hand side and also with Jota when Jota played centrally so there was a lot to be excited in Diaz's performance whether he starts again at Burnley I'm not sure I think Salah definitely comes into the starting lineup. I'm not convinced Mane starts. I think Mane will be given a longer breather to start in the Champions League game, which is Inter Milan away from home. So I expect Mane to start in that one because of his African combination success. Um, but there is options, as Dave's saying, thinking, who's he going to pick? You've got the cup final at the end of the month. People will be desperate to, to be starting in that one. Midfield, Henderson, the captain, didn't play. Will he come back? Probably. Fabinho and Thiago were outstanding in midfield as well. Um, like, like I say, if Burnley play like they did in, the, in that first half, this will be a comfortable away victory. But it's Burnley away. And, and there's just something about that place which teams often find difficult to go there and, and, and enjoy those occasions. I know Liverpool have, but it can be one of those games where it can be frustrating. That's where you always get the footage, Neil, isn't it? Of the manager chasing Sean Dyche down the tunnel saying, you're boring, you just you play rubbish football, how dare you frustrate us like this and uh, keep us to just the point or something like that. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, Dave, the, the game against Leicester last night, I mean, it could have been more for Liverpool. They had uh, plenty of opportunities and plenty of possession in and around the penalty area. Kasper Schmeichel will have woken up this morning with his hands quite uh, stingy because he was forced into quite a bit of a bit of um, goalkeeping action, wasn't he? It was, a, I thought, a very professional performance from Liverpool. Yeah, obviously it was a little bit, as a fan, you're worried that it's only 1-0 till late in the game and Salah hit the crossbar, he had other good chances. So when the second came, it was like, yeah, well, that, that's a more reflective scoreline of what's just happened. But 
yeah, Salah will be desperate to get back scoring again. There's just it's just a good time. Sometimes you get to this stage of the season and your your team starts to look a bit sort of worn and threadbare, and there's all sorts of injuries piling up. But with Liverpool, it's gone the other way. Yeah, Burnley have, have done really well at home this season, but I think at some point they will get a bit of a get a bit of a kick in, and I think Liverpool might be the ones to do it. Um, where are you going to take me for the best bet on the Burnley Liverpool game? I could never bet against my own team. So Liverpool to win, but I think the one I like is Salah. He came off the bench. He had he had a one-on-one, which Michael saved. A couple more shots, hit the bar. I think he will start. I think he will score. I will see a big smile on the Egyptian king's face. 1.83 for Mo to score any time in a Liverpool shirt on Sunday afternoon. Dave Timber, your best bet. Confident call. I'm going to go Liverpool minus two on the handicap. So I think they can win this. I think you'll get a decent enough price for it. I think they can win this comfortably. Liverpool to fly to success at Turf Moor then for Dave Tyndall. Burnley Liverpool coming up two o'clock Sunday afternoon. (music) 2pm kickoff Sunday afternoon. Newcastle taking on Aston Villa at St James's Park. A semi-resurgent Newcastle, isn't it, against Aston Villa, frustrated by Leeds in their last game, Dave T. Um, how do you see this one? I mean, the prices before I, I ask you that question. 2.66 for Newcastle to win, 3.33 the tie, and 2.66 for an Aston Villa win, over 2.5, 1.81. It looks like Eddie Howe's just starting to get a bit of a tune out of the Toon Army. Yeah, um, I think we were expecting it, weren't we, that they would start to to make progress once they got those transfer window signings in and so Trippier's free kick and they are slowly starting to get there and and yeah the market shows that this is a tough one to call I think with Newcastle and Villa virtually the same price Villa will be very disappointed that they didn't beat Leeds having gone 3-1 up yeah it's an interesting game this one um, Newcastle have actually got a really good record against, against Villa at home they've won six and drawn six they're unbeaten in 12 against Villa so Villa have struggled to to do well up at St James's Park. And it's just another home game, isn't it? Back-to-back home games for Newcastle. Is, is this the little period where they win back-to-back home games and suddenly they can start seeing over the horizon of and see mid-table safety coming to, you know, in the distance and, and very achievable? So, yeah, I think that with that good record against Villa, I think maybe Newcastle might be able to nick this. One point above the relegation zone, but you just get the feeling, don't you, that they are looking upwards rather than behind them longer term. A win in this game could see them actually go ahead of Everton and put Everton into serious problems. Do you see Eddie Howe doing a good job there? Do you see Newcastle just kind of drifting up the table now? He's had a reaction. Yeah, I think um, the Newcastle fans have have enjoyed um, since he's he's taken over. I think the signings in January, they was um, improved the mood as well, improved the performances, certainly improved the team. Um, and, And that Trippier free kick, the reaction showed me there's a team fighting. There's a team that are saying, right, we're up for this battle. The way he, the way he celebrated, the way he enjoyed it, the way he connected with the fans, I'm thinking, cool, you don't want to be going to St. James's Park. And and Villa have got that one um, coming up this weekend. I think St. Maxman played very well as well in the game against, um, against Everton midweek. What I would say about Villa is, and I may be a little bit surprised because Steven Gerrard at Rangers had a lot of clean sheets and he hasn't had that same impact yet at Aston Villa. He's only had one clean sheet in his time there so far. So I wouldn't be surprised if both teams were to score in this one. Villa have gone 15 away Premier League games without a draw. The last draw in the Premier League, St. James's Park in March. So I'm, I'm going to go for both teams to score and that draw to be um, to be to to happen again. 
Ireland to maximum is 3.25 nil any time to score at the I, I really like him. He's got his little dancing feet. He's fast. I, I saw an interview that he did the recently. He said he's going to get the Ballon d'Or. That's his ambition to get the Ballon d'Or. He's got high aspirations. Mr. St. Maximum. And I guess with Newcastle and the potential future there, with a lot of money swilling around and the potential for them to go on and win trophies if it all goes right, he could yet do that, couldn't he? He's a fan's favourite. The, the fans certainly thrive off him. I think that gives him an, a, an added boost, an added spring in his step. I think he's playing well. A lot was said about how would Newcastle do without Callum Wilson? Well, they scored three goals the other night without him. Wood's still yet to get his opening goal. Um, missed a good chance. I, I thought he could have maybe scored that first goal. Will Bruno start? I think Bruno will probably start. And I, I know they won the game, but the new signing um, spent a lot of money on him. He would have been disappointed to have been on the bench. Wouldn't be surprised if, if he was to come in a, and start this sort of game. But yeah, St. Maximum has been a, a really positive for Newcastle Ballon d'Or I, th- I think if Salah's nowhere near it I think that's a big ask for someone like St Maximum to get there Dave Tindall have you ever been a fan's favourite we'll ask you that in a second what about Aston Villa their, their chances in this one under Stevie G as I say they're very, very disappointed that they they couldn't complete victory the other night against Leeds but you mentioned St Maximum well Villa have got their own dancing feet star haven't they and Philip Coutinho who's, who's hit the ground running you know he's only just joined him he's already got two goals and two assists you know, he's making a big impact and they were played some lovely through balls against uh, Leeds. One of the goals for Ramsey, that first goal for Ramsey, wonderful through ball, took, took the ball on the halfway line and then threaded, threaded it through. So, yeah, there's some entertaining players on the pitch here. So I, I think we're set up for some goals. I think Newcastle, the atmosphere is going to be fantastic now, isn't it? It was already good, but obviously it can only be so good when Newcastle are losing games or drawing, you know, home against Watford. But... Now that they've got back-to-back wins, they've just come off a, a, an excellent win against Everton. I think in a fantastic atmosphere with Villa scoring goals but conceding them, I think the goal count could be quite high here. So I, I might just push the boat out and go over 3.5 goals. Over 3.5 match goals in that game. Three, that's a decent enough price, isn't it? Of two teams that have been scoring goals and are, are reasonably adventurous. Neil, what would be your best bet for this one? Yeah, I fancy both to score, fancy the draw, but a goal scorer I have in mind is Ollie Watkins. With Coutinho out there, chances will be there for Aston Villa. He's gone five games without a goal. I don't think he'll go six. Fancy Watkins on the score sheet for this one. Both teams to score 1.63 and Ollie Watkins, if he finds the back of the net, he's there at three in the market. Chris Wood is the favourite, having yet scored a goal for Newcastle. Ollie Watkins, three to score on Sunday afternoon. The final two o'clock kickoff on Sunday sees Spurs taking on Wolves at the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You can get uh, Spurs at 1.71 to win it. 3.66 the tie, five for a Wolves victory there. 2.14, if you fancy over 2.5 match goals in this one. Dave Tindall, um, just get the sense that Harry Kane's suddenly gradually starting to find his feet this season. Yet to really explode, but better signs for Spurs, I think. Possibly, but you know, they've lost their last two games now, Tottenham. And... That, that, that wasn't a, an overwhelming agreement, was it? <laughs> no, it's um, we're back to the kind of level of teams that can put a couple of results together, then, then they can have a couple of bad ones as well. Wolves lost against Arsenal at home in midweek. And all Wolves games we've seen, they're all sort of 1-0s, aren't they? So the margins are so tight for Wolves, they can play maybe a similar level of football and they might just win it 1-0, they might just lose it 1-0. Tottenham, they certainly, they certainly got 
you know, the pants pulled down a little bit by Southampton. I think Southampton was so attacking in, in that game, but that's something Wolves won't be. So maybe this is a game Conte will be a bit more happy with. He's an Italian, he'll think Wolves, he can understand the, that kind of Wolves mentality. So maybe he'll be, be a bit more happy than a team that go gung-ho against him like Southampton did. So I think Tottenham might just grind something out here. I, th- I think Wolves have had three wins on the trot before losing against Arsenal but they're not so good that they're just going to keep winning. And maybe now they'll just put it in reverse for a couple of games. Um, I watched the Arsenal-Wolves game last night, or the Wolves-Arsenal game rather, and uh, felt, I mean, Arsenal got down to 10 men. I felt they were quite fortunate in the end to hang on. Wolves were kind of pushing them back towards the end. And um, I was seeing an equaliser coming at any stage. If they played for another 10 minutes, it would have come. How are you seeing this one though? I mean, Spurs, as Dave says, he kind of tempered my enthusiasm. You know, said they're not necessarily flying form. Wolves are kind of a little bit hard to break down, but not necessarily that flamboyant. Yeah, I can see Spurs grinding it out. I mean, if you're going on sequences, it's a Spurs win, isn't it? You know, since January in all competitions, Spurs' form has been this. One, lost, one, lost, one, lost, one, lost. Now it's this game. So they've been very inconsistent. I always describe that, Neil, as stripey form. On on most um, football sites, you get different colours for a win and a loss. And it actually, when you look at it, it's stripey. So they do a win then. Yeah, well, well, yeah, the sequences suggest that, but also shows the inconsistencies that they've been having, the frustrations for Conte. Um, I think I think the window wasn't great for, for Spurs, but I think it was worse for Wolves. Uh, I think losing Traore was a massive blow for them. Um, and I can see them slipping a little bit in terms of victories. Wolves don't score enough goals. Um, Spurs, as we know, have been far too leaky defensively. But I can see this one being one of those games where Conte goes, job done. One of those sort of 1-0 victories, not a pretty game. Whether Harry Kane scores, I'm not sure, but I fancy fancy Spurs just to do enough to win this one, but not to be a classic. Under 2.5 is one that, that certainly stands out to me in terms of goals um, and Spurs to, to end up winning the game. Under 2.5 goals, 1.71, Spurs to win 1.71. Both of these teams, DT, for me, look like they've got a bit of work to do in the summer just to kind of get their squads refreshed and uh, have something more to look forward to next season. The Wolves and Spurs, I think, both need a, a little bit of uh, pizzazz and pepping up. Yeah, and if you're a Spurs fan and you and you watch how Diaz has started at Liverpool, you're thinking, oh, why didn't we sort that deal out that Liverpool kind of gazumped them? And yeah, it's, it's looking a bit disappointing. I think Conte wanted a better transfer window than he got. And Wolves, they've started to get, some of their players are starting to just age a little bit as well. And they've got some good youngsters, but I think they, they need more. They lost Traore, didn't they, on loan? There's only a certain number of Portuguese players want to live in Wolverhampton, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, I guess they've they've mined quite a lot of them, haven't they, from Portugal? But I think in this game, you, you mentioned Harry Kane at the start. Here's a fact for you. Since the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium opened in April 2019... Sun Hing Min, Sun Hing Min has scored more goals than Harry Kane there, so he's he's the better bet at the moment. He scored twenty three times at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, scored I think five in his last seven games as well. So he's the man I think who may just be able to uh, to nick it for Spurs and could be it could be enough in a in a one nil win even two point three seven to score. On Sunday afternoon, Harry Kane is 2.14. So Son with more goals at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is the slightly longer price. Which way would you go in that battle, Neil, if you had to choose between Harry and Son? 
I'd be picking Kane all day long. I think he's one of the best strikers in the world. I think Son is, is a, an outstanding player and I think the fans like him. I think a lot of neutral fans like Son. Um, but for me, Harry Kane's the all-round centre forward. He can score any goal you want. And um, and obviously he's on penalties as well, well, isn't he? So if a pen should arise, he would be the man taking that penalty. Your best bet then, Neil? I'm thinking under 2.5, Spurs to be winning the game. And if you're going to push me on a goal scorer, it's got to be Harry Kane. Harry Kane, 2.14. DT, your best bet? Yeah, Sun to score any time and a narrow Tottenham win, 1-0. 2.37 for Son to score and the Tottenham victory is available for you at 1.71. The final game on the weekend is at 4.30 kickoff. Leicester are taking on West Ham at the King Power. 2.75 for a Leicester victory, 3.5 tie and 2.5 for a West Ham win. West Ham have been involved in a little bit of controversy in the last week. Leicester losing as well to Liverpool in their last game. I mean, price-wise, 2.75 versus 2.5. The compilers see this one as a tough game to call. Do you, Dave Tindall? Yeah, it, it can look tight and um, Leicester have had their troubles. I, I did think, although Liverpool deservedly beat them, I thought Leicester did pretty well in terms of attitude in that game. They certainly put up more of a fight than they, they did against Nottingham Forest. So I think Brendan Rodgers would be quite pleased uh, that there was a reaction. Obviously, it was very tough to try and get it, the reaction in terms of a result at Anfield, but there were some better signs. I think they are. They're still a decent home team, Leicester. I do think, though, this game is set up for goals. I really do. Uh, there's been lots of them in recent meetings between this pair. West Ham have got you know, Jared Bowen scoring goals. They've got goals coming from all places. Leicester, yeah, they, they didn't score against... Uh, Liverpool away but this will be a very different game for them so yeah I do expect goals in in this one Um, so I would certainly look at over 2.5 maybe even over 3.5 over 2.5 match goals in that game 1.66 over 3.5 2.62 Neil Mallow your thoughts on this one yeah Leicester all's not right is it at Leicester at the moment Brendan Rodgers made a big statement um, against Liverpool dropping Soyuncu centre-half playing pretty much two midfielders as a centre-half against Liverpool. Tealmans as well. We know how good Tealmans is. He said, now after your performance in the Cup, you're dropping. So I do expect both of those players to come back into the starting lineup, which would strengthen Leicester's starting eleven. Is, is that a manager sending a message to those individual players and just kind of saying, put your ideas up, guys? Or is he just... Um, because, I mean, Tealmans, I think, is an outstanding player when he's on in fine fettle. Yeah, I think it's just a reminder. Listen, that, that's not good enough. And, and if you're going to perform like that, you're going to sit on the bench. I think I don't think they'll be on the bench again. I think both will come back into the starting lineup because because they start in the best starting eleven for Leicester. One shot on target at Anfield. It wasn't great, although it was a brilliant save from Allison. Madison denied. So, but West Ham will give them more opportunities. Um, again, it's that battle for top four. Have West Ham got the consistency? They beat Watford. Will they back it up by going to Leicester and, and winning? I'm not convinced. I must admit, I'm swaying towards a home victory for this one. Yeah, West Ham involved in that uh, battle for fourth place at the moment, currently occupying it as we go into this round of fixtures on 40 points, but only one point ahead of both Arsenal and Manchester United sniffing down their necks. But Dave, it's been a disappointing season for Leicester, really. We've been used to them punching up in that kind of top six area of the table. They're currently down in 12th on 26 points, a long way adrift of uh, where they would have expected or hoped to have been. Expectations were raised, weren't they, when they... They were so close to qualifying for the Champions League a couple of teams times in a row, and we've almost got used to Leicester being the 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 team that were breaking up the traditional 
top four or top six and you know they were in those Champions League places for so long that it seems a bit odd to see them now drifting around in in mid-table but that's where we are but their home form isn't brilliant but it's slightly better than a fair few teams above them so that bodes well but I, I do keep coming back to goals you look at this fixture the last three or four seasons you've got 4-1-3-2-3-0-4-1-2-1-2-2 because I don't really quite trust Leicester and I don't quite trust West Ham enough e- either, I just think you go for the goals. Goals for Dave Tindall then in this game. Looking at Leicester's form, I mean, they've, they've kind of fallen off a cliff a bit recently. The, the last four matches they've played, including their FA Cup defeats Nottingham Forest, Neil, they've only uh, picked up one draw, which was at home to Brighton. And as Dave always suggests, it's a, that was a one-all draw. Um, but their Premier League form hasn't been uh, too much to write home about. They had a really strong period of home form and um, even beating Liverpool 1-0 on the 28th of uh, December but since then a defeat at home to uh, Spurs which was that Stephen Bergwijn bang bang in the in added time at the end wasn't it and that one all draw against Brighton that, that I mean going back to that Spurs match Leicester had that game had three points in their back pocket Bergwijn goes bang bang in added time and all of a sudden Spurs are celebrating that seems to maybe have just derailed them a little bit oh it was unbelievable wasn't it thinking I've Leicester lost it from that, that position um, again Tillmans was involved was he not the lad who, who lost the ball dribbling it from kickoff, which eventually led to being tackled and Spurs getting that winning goal um, I think Leicester this season will point to the fact they've had a lot of injuries and, and we know how that can affect teams they don't have the squad depth to be able to deal with that. I think Bard is a, a big player that's missing for them. Daka has led the line. Ian Acho as well, but nowhere near the quality of Avardi. Um, Evans as well at the back, the leadership, the experience. I think that's been a blow, of course, for Farner out for the season. Massive player missing for them. But they, they do still have quality players. Madison's had a decent run of form, certainly last two or three months or so. I think Tealman's will come back into the side having been given a little bit of a wake-up call from the manager. Barnes might start the game. Lookman looked sharp at Anfield, but I think Barnes was on the bench, may well start this game, freshen it up there as well. Leicester have players who can create problems for West Ham. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen with West Ham, whether Zuma will start the game. He's had a lot of criticism and the man- and the team maybe will and maybe should act on that one this weekend. Um, but, but for me, I'm looking at Leicester and saying... I fancy them to score. I agree with Dave with both teams to score, but them just to nick it. And I'm swaying towards Tealmans. I've mentioned him a few times and a player of his ability. I think his contract's up in the summer, so I think he'll be he'll be gone to, to maybe a bit a bigger club, Champions League club. But I think he, he will uh, have a part to play in this one. Interesting uh, number of goal scorer potentials in this game. You're a Tillemans, Neil just mentioned that. Dave, for any time, you've already mentioned him as well. Jared Bowen in a hot run of form, isn't he? In front of goal, 3.6 any time for him always look at that every single week never get around to backing it but it's always, it always seems to land yeah I mean that's it's a strange price that because I mean he scored six in his last six games uh, Jared Bowen scored in fact he's got two, four singles and then he, he got a double at home to Norwich so he's completely the man and you just get it with with players either attacking midfields or strikers where they're just scoring bunches so that's the time to back them when they're in one of those runs so you know, he scored in, he, he just keeps scoring goals, scored against Kidderminster, Watford, Leeds, Norwich, Leeds again, as you probably know, James. So I think a, a team like Leicester that don't keep clean sheets, it's a perfect opportunity for him to keep that run going. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good price as well. When you get into one of those runs, you just 
can't stop finding the back of the net, I guess. Yeah, uh, and he's sort of taken over from Antonio in that respect, hasn't he? He's been the man um, contributing a little bit more in that sense. I think David Moyes is he's getting the most out of him and, and I think he's a really important player for West Ham. Um, full of confidence, hitting the back of the net regularly. I think he'll be going to Leicester thinking, I know there's going to be chances. Leicester aren't the sort of side that will shut up shop, certainly at home. So I think there will be spaces for someone like Jared Bowen. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, a good argument to say it'll be, it'll be on the score sheet again. What's your best bet then, Neil, for Leicester against West Ham? Tealman's really swaying towards Tealman's because a player like him with the quality he has, he will not be happy to have been on the bench. So I'm expecting a positive reaction from him and to influence it with a goal. For any time for Yuri Tillemans to score. Dave Tindall, your best bet for Leicester West Ham. Yeah, well, on the price, it's got to be Jared Bone to score any time. And in terms of the outrights, seems to be a theme of mine today, but I'll I'll go for a high goal count again, over 3.5 goals. Jared Bowen, 3.6 any time um, to score in that one, and over 3.5 goals is 2.62. You're listening to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io. Know your limits. Please gamble responsibly. Gentlemen, that concludes the proceedings for this weekend's Premier League action. Dave Tindall will be back for a one-off preview for the uh, Manchester United-Brighton game, which is coming up on Tuesday. But uh, until then, Dave Tindall, thank you very much. Neil Mellor, thank you very much indeed. Cheers, James. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, guys. And uh, thanks out there for listening, everybody. Gamble responsibly. Make sure you do that. Tune into Clubhouse Radio, available for every single Premier League match and Champions League match as we go through this season. And we'll talk to you again very soon indeed. Clubhouse Premier League betting previews with sportsbet.io previewing every game of the English Premier League listen to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played please gamble responsibly